This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. All right, Keith, Juliet, welcome to Seeing Other People. Oh, thank you for having us here. Thank you. I, it's so funny because I'm still not used to calling you Keith. So background, like I said, this is my professor. I I am a professor and advisor. I I, I was your professor and your advisor. And uh, for those out there, she didn't listen to anything I said and she's doing great. She's very successful. She was actually one of my favorite students because you brought down down every movie I mentioned. And I mentioned a lot of movies, sometimes as many as seven in a sentence. So. He actually told me that. He's yeah. not just making that up right now. He said, yeah. you are his favorite student. One of, and one one of, of my favorites. Yes. 
and that you always wrote down all the movies. Definitely top 10. Oh, well, I still have that movie list. And she, I mean, she, I think she, she didn't say like I was top 10 for professors, just as you would point out. I know, I know. It's okay. okay. Oh my God, it wasn't obvious. I thought that was obvious. <laughs> but yes, I do still have that list and I will share it on the Seeing Other People Instagram story. But yeah, throughout one of our semesters, I wrote down every single movie that he mentioned because as you guys know, I write down lists of literally everything. I could probably find like lists of all the homework assignments in my phone from that semester or from any semester. Wow. Like wow. it is crazy but we are here to talk about the two of you and not only you know are you married and have had this wonderful life together but you also work together so I want to hear a little bit about you know what you're doing as this superstar screenwriting duo and what made you guys decide to team up and work together so we we actually met cute at NYU Mm -hmm. and so we met in an elevator film school film school NYU film school and Keith had like 10 floors to make me laugh. And he did. Yeah. Although we didn't start dating. What did he do? What did he say? He uh, said, he goes, well, he made fun of me, actually. <laughs> what she did was say? in a fragile condition. She had just come from a script conference with a notorious teacher who I had had the year before. And she looked a little shaken. I said, oh, I guess you were. And a lot of knows what a jerk I can be sometimes. Yeah. I said, um. I guess you just I, had a, script, just had a conference script conference with, with, um, with Roberta. Roberta. Yeah. How did you know? I was like, oh, it must be really bad. And I thought I, this guy could just like see right through me. I don't, know, I don't me. know what I said, but I just started ranting and friends were laughing. So I kept talking. It was funny. And it was embarrassing, but I thought I felt like he could see right through me. And, yeah. And but he then, did make me laugh. But that night, one oh, of yeah. my favorite movies was playing at uh, NYU, you know, the school of theater. And it was uh, Rocky. And so, and John uh, Avelson was the their director. director. And so I sit down to watch Rocky, and then I look on my shoulder, and Julian's walking in. And I kind of ran and hide. <laughs> I, I, ran was, and hide. I, I can't even speak anymore. Right. I, I ran she away. She still gets nervous around me. <laughs> I know, I do. Well, were you both thinking about each other after that elevator ride, yes. or was it like a fleeting moment? No, yeah. You mean, yes. hold on. While we were seeing other people, were we thinking about each other? That's right, because you were seeing somebody else. So were you. Uh, not quite. Yeah, yet, I picked but... him up and drove him to the airport. So I drove Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, 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 not talk about yeah, that yeah. one. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Wait, yeah. what? Let's jump ahead now. Things you bring up. <laughs> Let's jump ahead. But it is seeing other people. Oh, I see. That's the whole point of uh, this. Maybe. Right. Yeah, so I was dating a crazy dancer. <laughs> she would, like, show and... up randomly in my life. And I was dating a variety of people. And, <laughs> you know, getting to know New York. And uh, so going this out guy to who I was friends with, I didn't know they were an item. We and weren't that, really. Not enough. really. But he said, oh, can you give me a drive? Can you know I had a car at the airport? So I pick him up. Little well, I know. Maybe. Maybe or maybe not. She was upstairs. In the I was not. Yeah. I was so not. Okay. And then, I can't uh, believe you're bringing this up. Well, um, she said seeing other people. <laughs> so after all this time of seeing other people, we found ourselves of all places. On a movie set. Movie set. And we were, it was a student film, and we were in charge of making all the prop alcohol drinks. Huh. For so some like reason, they say, made two of us. We became intoxicated with the fake hey. liquor. <laughs> there you go. Intoxicated yeah. with each other. And that's from there we got married. And then right after we got married, Keith had been writing thrillers, and I was gearing up to try to go become a studio executive. And you, I was. You, 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 I was. She had two offers from two people at Fox to start that day. 
I did. But anyway, but Keith said, do you want to write this comedy with me, a, stand, a send up of Romeo and Juliet? And I'm like, hmm, that'd be fun. Why don't we do it while we're driving cross country? Because we moved to L.A. And so we literally wrote the movies. We were driving cross country. Right. We didn't sell it. We got an agent out of it. We didn't sell it. But the next script we eventually sold. that led to more work. And eventually that movie did get made. It's called um, Pizza My Heart. So every time we, and so that started a career. Right, that did. And so we've always and written It was also comedies. a fun time of uh, rom-coms in Hollywood. Right. It was, it was the 90s and, and the early in the 2000s. And, and you know, and funny is money. Right. right. Backing up, like you guys met in, you know, film school, grad school. Yeah. What? No, no. We got married. You, we also got, we married. got married in grad school. We also I was, got married in grad school. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I remember walking, coming home from our honeymoon and realizing I had to go back to class. Like that <laughs> oh was kind of weird. I had to go back to class and work on my thesis film or my second That's year funny. film, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, no, it was it was sort of weird looking back on it now. We did get married yeah. pretty young. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but anyway, what? so that led to writing together. Yeah. What first drew you to each of you to want to, you know, be in film? Oh, I thought you said it'd be a couple. Well, okay, oh, yeah, film, yeah, you can answer this. Film's easy. Uh, I have no other discernible skills. I didn't study in high school. Uh, I thought I'd be a rock star. Film was my fallback career. My parents took me to movies. That I, I looked back and I was four when I saw that movie and it shouldn't have been in the theater. And everyone in the house loved the movies. And that's all we had. That was our church. That's where we went to the movies. And so I really had no other choice. And I remember I was an English major in college and there was an assignment on Chaucer, and I could either write a paper or do a film. And I had no idea what I was doing making a movie, but I did. And that, for me, that was like the lightning rod that made me want to get into film. I love that. And I will say that was one thing that I loved so much about the program at Syracuse. And I always tell this to everyone. I think I had multiple semesters where I did not take a single test. It was just yeah. write this script or make this music video. And it was just the coolest thing in the world for somebody like me who would rather learn by doing and creating instead of studying and memorizing facts. Absolutely. We agree. That's right. We That's agree. Right. Plus, plus grading. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On the other side of that, yes. Okay. So you ended up moving to LA and you're starting to work together, write together. Did you ever run into any issues where it was like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be you know, a writing team. Maybe we shouldn't be working together because we should be working on our relationship. You always say like, don't shit where you eat. Well, that's exactly yeah, what well, you were doing. Yeah. How did you yeah. make it work? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we did that. It's a really good question, you know? Yeah. I, the, but the answer is, I don't think we ever really had to work on a relationship because that kind of, that what we had to work on was our writing relationship. That's what we had to study. Right. And maybe because because we had to work on a writing relationship, our personal relationship was actually really good. Yeah. And, and maybe that made it better because we didn't think about it so much. It was just like, oh, that's good. Something's working. But, but, a point. but as a writing team, it, it was definitely harder, I want to say, in the old days because imagine like being around one computer just like this and we would have to share the keyboard back and forth and... Today, it's so much easier because we're on our own laptops. Right. We can both be on Google Docs. Dropbox, we can do the same thing. So much easier. So that was harder. But when we had our second kid, then it did get harder to work together as a writing team. So that's when we, I said, I'm done. 
and I kind of pieced out and then Keith went on and did a bunch of things. Yeah, that's, great when, stuff. that's when I wound up doing um, uh, did a Cinderella story. story and then some script that book. actually Mike had made next year. We'll have her name on it. Joshua. And, uh, and then we were brought back together through an old script that brought us back together. Right. And then we kept, mm-hmm. so that's the funny thing about our career. We always think we're done and then we'll take off a couple of years right. and, and then, then we get pulled back in and right. we start selling stuff again. And then we moved to Syracuse. Right. And again, we thought, oh, this is great. We love being professors. We were both on the tenure track. I'm at SUNY Oswego. Keith's at, uh, obviously, you know where he is. Right. Uh, but anyway, and we I were loving it. Newhouse School of Communications. Yes. <laughs> we did it. What's what? SI stand for? Good. Simon Samuel. So it's someone. Okay, they're going to take away my teaching credential and your degree. I know. <laughs> I actually don't. Samuel, Samuel Irving Newhouse. All right. All right. Thank Woo! you for saving us. Thank you, Google. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And then in uh, 2018, a friend of ours who had written a couple Christmas movies said, hey, I, the producer I've worked with is looking for another movie. You guys are perfect because I go kind of psychotic at Christmas. Yeah. For me, I start decorating for Christmas the day after Thanksgiving and I don't stop. Yeah. And I have four trees. I have different theme trees. Every room in the house is decorated. And we have live in a small room. Yeah. So, so and uh, anyway, so it's, it's a lot of fun. I probably have about what, 20 boxes of Christmas. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I, I finally stopped buying stuff now. Now I go into my, ba- when I tell myself like, let's go shopping in the basement. <laughs> and I go in the basement, which is why we were like so perfect to start writing Christmas movies. And also they're rom-coms. So it's mm-hmm. kind of, it was right back it's in our wheelhouse. Right, stuff we were writing back in the day, uh, in the age of like Selling Up Marys and uh, Pretty Woman for that year on. Wedding Crashers. Yeah. And Sarah Marshall. That dried up. That went away. Uh, Netflix started bringing it back a couple of years back. But mm-hmm. then the Christmas movies, are, like Julie said, basically romance for comedy, rom-coms. It's my favorite genre, genre, Christmas rom-coms. There's right. nothing I love more. Even it could be May. If I am having a day where I don't feel well, that is what I will be doing all, all day. It's like my <laughs> guilty pleasure, feel good, cozy, mm-hmm. safe space. I, I love that. And you know, it's funny how you said that as a genre, because up until maybe five or six years ago, I don't think Christmas rom-coms, I don't think they were a thing. They weren't really a genre. Yeah. It really didn't amp up until... I'm going to say until we entered, no, no, but no, not no, until no. like 2015, right. probably. Yeah. Now it's peaking. Yeah. What are the ingredients that goes into the perfect rom-com? Oh. Well, we think the triangle, we love the triangle yeah. of yeah. two people about, you know, either the, the girl and there's two guys vying for her, or it could be a guy and a girl vying for her and then, or it could be the guy and two girls or, or yeah. however it works. So I think that's an important thing for it. Um, also, I think a lot of times it's second chance love mm-hmm. and you get a, you know another opportunity or there's even an acronym for the one that got away. What is that? It's, it's, I, I I've seen it. I've you just get, well, all three of those you hit in the summer of Christmas. Right, right, right. right which yeah. is what we intended to do, which is why it was so much fun to mm-hmm. write for us. And you know, things are inevitable and that's a rom-com. You pretty much know hopefully you know who's going to wind up and the fun is how you're going to get there right it's, it's that process right. you're right it's the how and yeah. that's that's always the challenge for us how can we make it seem the most unlikely that these people will get together mm-hmm. in the end even though 
It's perfect. Yeah. And, and a lot of Christmas movies is geography. I don't want to move there. I don't want to move to the small town. Right. But then we do, and we're all happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How much are you pulling from maybe your own life experiences or not or like romances like love stories that you've seen when you're writing you guys know that I struggle with confidence I'm always my biggest critic and when I notice something about myself that I don't like I can't stop fixating on it I'm working on all of this but it can be hard a year ago I noticed that my hair was thinning and I was finding more and more strands of hair on the floor every time I would walk around my apartment when I would look down in the shower I would freak out at what I saw in the drain that's when I opened up to my best friend who happens to be a doctor and she said two things that changed my life the first was that she she knows so many women our age going through the same thing. The second is that she told me to try Nutrafol. And so I did. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. A year later and a month before my wedding, and I cannot believe the number of people who have been complimenting how long, strong, and healthy my hair looks. I never imagined that this would happen. And naturally, as a result, my confidence has transformed. I'm no longer self-conscious when it comes to my hair. And honestly, that is a huge, huge, huge personal win for me. And you guys know I'm hilariously bad at sticking with habits and taking something every day or doing something every day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online with no prescription required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure that you'll never miss a day. You'll see results in three to six months. And trust me, it is worth the wait. You can start so easily by taking their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visit visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the Seeing Other People family $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code Seeing Other People. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code Seeing Other People. That's Nutrafol.com promo code Seeing Other People. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. 
All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. I would say a lot. I would say almost 80%. I mean, beginning with just the names, we always name all the characters in all our movies and our books too, for the most part, are named after people we know. Right. They're not modeled after. They're not modeled after, but they're just named. And then a lot of the situations are very much like, let's see, well, in this, in uh, Summer of Christmas. We love going to the Grove. We love going to the Grove. We love we seeing the fake snow and the songs. and the snow. We went to Sundance a lot. Mm-hmm. We know what that's like. We, um, we, we also, we're always been torn between the whole East Coast, West Coast, the geography. Right. And for the 20 years that we lived in LA, we were always wanting to come back to New York, sure. but also knew, pull. we always had that pull. Yeah. Knew that we needed to stay there right. a bit longer. You know, even though we came from New York City, it's not like uh, we live in a small town, but in our mind, we always kind of wanted to learn. But we always like them. Yeah, we always wanted to come back. Looks like fun. Yeah. So that's a big yeah. part of it too. And and then just all the all the things like the cookie baking, the ugly sweater, all that stuff we do. And yeah. I do. <laughs> I do not crack. Well, no, you don't. No, we're talking about summer or Christmas. Yeah. Though. What, what, yeah, what else do we do in summer or Christmas? And we, of course, we've been on a lot of. We go to all our movie sets for the Christmas movies, mm-hmm. and. The ice skating scene in the in the chapter in the book that was right out of Nutty Christmas right. when they have it. That's skating. when we were hanging out. It said, "Oh, Mystic Seaport's open," and then we watch. So I wonder, and we see fake snow. I'm like, oh, maybe they're shooting a movie. <laughs> we thought this that maybe they're shooting our movie, and it was just like uh, overuse of the word magical, but how Hollywood transforms the ordinary and the extraordinary. Right, and the funniest thing yeah. about the Christmas movies are they were all. For the most part, all filmed in the summer. Yes, and I couldn't tell you why, but that is when they always seem to have their their budgets up and running, and the castings locked in. And so they're sweating. They're wearing these hot sweaters. You know, it could be eighty degrees out. Sometimes the only time where that didn't happen was we had um we actually had a movie that was set at a ski resort, and that was Christmas Reservations. And that one, thank goodness, they filmed it in Lake Tahoe when there was still an 80-inch base of snow. And so they were actually able to ski. 
but that was unusual. Usually yeah. they're always filmed in the summer. But um, yeah, that's it. And that's why, we have, that's why this is the summer of Christmas. So yeah, we're in the book. Yeah. Um, oh, the chef is named after Oh yeah, the chef friend. is named after someone we know. Uh, um, I didn't know. The this... wineries, none of the wineries are named after real wineries, but we crafted their, like our girls' names are Sabrina and Ava. We, so we have a Sabava winery. However, however, we did do a lot of research in Geneva, and so those are real places. The Bellhurst Castle. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. Bellhurst is a real place. But so the, uh, is um, the where the karaoke scene is. Shepherd Winery is not. No, that's what I was saying. All the wineries yeah. are fake names. Yeah. For some reason, we felt like we couldn't give the wineries the real places. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, that's a lot of promo for someone. <laughs> but. I think it's so cool how, like, specifically in this book, like you said, like, you get to see from the behind the scenes of making a movie while you're also having this love story going on and seeing this script come to life in it. I just feel like there were so many magical parts of it that you aren't usually exposed to. Oh, thank you That's so great. much. Thank you so much. Yeah, we tried and to capture the... Uh... We tried to capture it all. And there are a lot of characters, but even, like, the... the were they the the grip guys you know and they got into like bird watching and, and that always happens always, everybody has a hobby everyone's pretty much interesting and every movie's a circus right. you know, and, and making a very movie is so crazy and you know actors throw fits and people go hide and the mm-hmm. fights on the set it's great mm-hmm. and the town always loves it you know, oh, know it brings in a lot of revenue and it's a lot of excitement and especially Especially the Christmas movies, when they come to like smaller towns, you always have the local, we always have the camera crew coming yeah, over and you're getting really excited and interviewing everybody. So that's all, that's all based in our reality. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay. I want to ask a few questions. Obviously you guys have been, you've been married for a while now. You have clearly made it work. And I think that especially nowadays, like that there are so many couples getting divorced and not making it work. And not only have you made it work in your personal lives, but work as well as we mentioned. So what do you guys think is the secret to staying together or really having a fulfilling life with a partner? It's a really good question. Um, The cliche is happy wife, happy life. That's the cliche. (laughs) We we don't like cliches. (laughs) Well, I, I think one thing I always say to people is like, never go to bed angry mm-hmm. and, and don't hold any resentments. <laughs> but, but sometimes now we're too tired to remember if we're angry and you fall asleep. <laughs> oh, we went to bed angry with the other person. Thanks. The other person is just sleeping. Yeah. No, we but are, I, we think, like, I think that's a big thing. Like, don't go to bed angry and, and talk about what's bothering you. Like, like talk it out. And, I think, uh, don't you think that's important? I think it is, yeah. Yeah. So. And, and, but just know at the end of the day, you, you still love each other, but you can disagree about things. Right. Like, we don't agree about everything. Right. But we have. But he sh- knows I'm right. We have, uh, are we in video? Okay. We have um, shared goals. We always do. Right. Shared values, uh, shared interests. You know, she does her thing on your mind, but mostly we do have the same kind of music interests and. Uh, uh, things we like to do. Juliet's turned me into a better traveler and mm-hmm. a better skier. Mm-hmm. I know I, I don't think I did anything for you, so um, <laughs> I appreciate you staying around. No, uh, you've given me a better work ethic. That's true. Yeah, I had a bad work ethic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so the, the thing was about a lot of people think ah, I'm opposite to track, and uh, what's the expression? Opposite to track. Yeah, opposite to track, and 
Yeah, and I don't know if that's, but we are, we're not similar though. We're different in a we're lot of ways. We come from I very different backgrounds. We're playing on the same, uh, we're playing the same goal. Right. right. But I think to have shared, shared goals. And we also, we didn't wait a long time before we got married. No. We just jumped in because I think the reality is you just have to jump. If we had really analyzed it and thought about it, we yes. probably could have waited a lot longer and then yes. we might not have done it, you know? If we had analyzed it, Juliet never would have married me, right? <laughs> rightly so. <laughs> I don't think well, that's what the made you so sure of like, yeah, let's do this. Uh, we had we had that initial reaction and um we we had chemistry. Yeah. We had chemistry. Yeah. And I think three three months in, we knew that we wanted to get married. And I'd forgotten this, but I recently saw my best friend from college and who was living with me when I was dating Keith. And she goes, yeah, I was so annoyed with you. You were like knew at three months that you wanted to marry him. And, but we just, we just did. And we recognized that there were going to be a lot of struggles ahead. I mean, look, we're both in a creative field right. and we had no fallback career. And we had no and plans on working together. No, we yeah. did. When we got married, we weren't going to, we never thought about it. Yeah. It wasn't like we weren't going to, it just didn't cross our minds. We did find out later. Some people in our wedding took bets of how long it would last. Yeah. Uh, no guess. way. Yeah. I wish I had put some money in that pool. I know. And both, <laughs> both those people that did, never mind. Yeah, they but got we'll talk about that. But it was, um, it was fine to learn that. So, so. And I was like, why? Why are you betting? He goes, my, my good friend says, oh, Juliet's great. Juliet's Juliet. And you're you. You're <laughs> you. It's not very nice. <laughs> well, and my friends had things to say about me too, which I won't repeat here, but that's why they thought. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, no, I think that's a big thing. You just have to jump. And you can't, don't live with someone forever. Like I'm right. going to sound like such a mom here, but you know, maybe you live with them for a year and if you know, you know, and then you just jump in and you do it. I know that's yeah. cliche, but I think, and then from there you, you work on it and you know, you care about each other and you have shared goals. And my, someone used to always say like, you want to agree on the big things, like how you spend money. Oh, yeah. And I think that's, that's really important. Yeah, no separate checking accounts. No separate checking accounts. And you Not that we have, have any money to put you don't in. Have somebody them, who's, one. Right. You don't want to have someone who's like so like buying everything and the other person is just like frugal, frugal, frugal. You you've got to somehow be on the same page. Yeah, I read a stat recently. I, I don't have it off the top of my head, but it was something like sixty percent maybe of all divorces like are caused because of differences in money. Oh really? Oh really? Like, wow. About money or Oh, like disagreements about how to spend money. Right, right, right. And it only gets harder as you become like an adult and get a mortgage and right. and things like that. Mm -hmm. So we've always been on the same page with that. Yeah, we're not scared to have the conversation. Right. And no, yeah. no secrets. No secrets. Yeah, that's true too. No secrets. No secrets. Yeah. Yeah. I think if it, with my boyfriend Jake now, like, you know, maybe sometimes I'll try, he'll be like, did you take the dog out? And I'll be like, yeah. And then I'll be like, no, I can't lie. I didn't. Can't I lie. literally <laughs> cannot tell even the smallest lie in the world to him. And I'm like, all right, you know what? It's for the best. I don't That's need great. to hide anything. Right. That's you, great. You, you know what? You've hit things for me. I tried and I always like, he can tell I'm such a bad liar. What, what have you hit from me a bunch of times? I can't even remember now. It's in the past. What? Oh, speeding tickets. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's a whole I feel like that's thing. normal. I feel like I hear about that's that a lot. Normal. People and I don't, those from each other. I tell you eventually once it's been resolved, <laughs> like I got out of it. Once you went to court. 
yeah. or after I've gone to court and gotten there. Yeah. You know. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, have have you two seen, you know, friends, family, other couples in your life like get divorced over the years? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What? have been, I guess, the main causes of that or in hindsight, were there like early signs that it wasn't going to work out? I don't know. Uh, in our case, I would say no, there no. were not early signs. No signs. And I'm thinking of three couples. Okay. Uh, one of them I didn't see coming and then one... There's a term, there's a term too called, um, great divorce, a great divorce where you get divorced after being together for like over 25 years. And so we've, we've seen that happen a lot. And I also remember when I was in college, some of my classmates, their parents yeah. would get a divorce while they were in college. I remember. So I think that's yeah. kind of classic. So I sort of think it's either you get divorced right away or yeah, once you, you know, a few when years, you're a couple years yeah, married. Once or, you got two kids and a house, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in way before that. And then you stay in. Yeah. yeah but you didn't wait before that. You have the conversations. I think, you know, you hate to say the cliche communication is key, but it really is. Uh, I said, if you go to bed angry, something inside you, it's going to fester you. You're not going to feel well. It's going to ruin your next morning too until you get into straighten out. And you know, Julie accepts my policy. And my policy, my apology. I accept your apology. I take my apology. Your policy. I just said it so it doesn't really count. Okay. It's like crossing your fingers. Okay. Um, but no, but I think, again, I'm thinking about the divorces. I know a lot of them were over money and, and how to handle it. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone, presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my 
my episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. Yeah, it is so interesting. And it's tough because there are people who meet who come from entirely different worlds and different backgrounds. And I think it's really interesting, like everyone's relationship to money and how that's formed. And like, we all believe certain things about it. We all have things that we're comfortable with and not. And to like change that perception of it is really difficult, but you have to be upfront about it. Like you have to communicate about it early on. And, you know, I hear about couples who don't know until they get engaged or married that one of them still has student loans to pay off or that they're like in a lot of debt. And like, that's Um, crazy to me. Like, how are you not talking about that? Right, right, right. That that's really bad. Yeah. You want to be upfront about it. Yeah, and and again, that's a that's a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one. We came into it. I think I had a little bit of debt, but we knew about it. Right. Yeah, because yeah. of student loans, and then we paid it off together as a team. As a team. Yeah. I, we had a yeah. first, first big sale and went through all the student loans. Mm-hmm. Check, check, check. Says, 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 says. That was nice. Yeah. Then you did it as a team. That's, I think that's like the biggest thing that people need to realize is your partner isn't, you know, your enemy in any case, like you're on the same team. You have to work together. Your goals are shared, you know, like you want to have a happy life. You want to have a fulfilled life. You want to accomplish your goals. Like you got to support each other and work together, not against each other. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing, as we were talking, I thought about something else too, is you have to keep trying new things. And, and that's the other secret to, I think, a long marriage and not getting divorced, too. I think sometimes divorced couples can get in a rut and, and someone's suddenly not interested anymore. So when I got the offer to move to Syracuse, I know a lot of friends who had similar situations and they tried to commute from L.A. to Florida. Uh, people have left their uh, families behind to go teach, especially um, guys my age. And when I got the offer... I said, do you want me to try to commute? And I said, absolutely not. She was already calling realtors and staying in the house. Yeah, I knew that we had to stay together as a team. And I knew it was going to be hard and would have been easy enough for me just to stay back in Pacific Palisades with all my friends and the kids there. But then you would have been commuting and we would have been apart. And that would have been good. That would not have been good for our marriage. And, you know, it was was a great move. At the end of the day, it was a great move. But it wasn't like, no, I'm not going. You're, you're all, you gotta be all in. Mm-hmm. You gotta be all in. It's not, and not on your fight, it's also your partner's fight. Whatever they have going on, unless you don't know about the student loans. Then, yeah. Then, <laughs> you, should be, then you should be all out. <laughs> True. True. Do you think that how you guys met when you guys were dating versus how your kids are meeting their partners and how people are dating now, do you think it's gotten harder? or easier because of things like dating apps and social media? I'm going to say, to me, it seems easier. And I have a lot of girlfriends who've had real success in dating through the apps. On the the second time around? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, right. Oh, no, no. She was her first time around. Who? Yes. Hmm? (laughs) (laughs) I can't can't remember. Um, No, so the question Uh, is, do I think it's harder? Well, here's why I think it's harder. I think it's harder because of social media. 
and yeah. you are aware of everything about this person. Not this show. She's even, not talking about this show. <laughs> yeah. Before you even get to, to really get a chance to know them. Yeah. But I will say our older daughter is happily married. She didn't She's, meet him on social media. No, that's it? what I'm saying. She met in her, yeah. Okay. At a party. At a party. So been, people are still meeting that way. People are still meeting, in terms you know, of at that, work in terms or of school. That, then and now, I, I don't know. I just seem always that love was a possibility. I don't think, you know, this. I think it's the I, same. I, I wasn't, my parents didn't get divorced. I don't know if they thought about it once. I'm sure once or twice. But they never did. And they got, had a long, wonderful marriage. But I do remember that's when divorce really kind of started. And it was now a generation of children of divorce. So I don't know if everyone sees love as blindly as maybe I did. Mm -hmm. And my parents were married for 63 years. Yeah. His were married for 63 years. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the other thing. We're coming from this really solid background where we had these great examples of yeah. how to make it work. And yeah. were, were things perfect all the time? No. no, absolutely not. But they loved each other and they made it work and they, they were like, we'll stick it out. Yeah. And they had the same values and money. Yeah. So I think we're that's where we're really blessed. We come from that yeah, worldview that yeah. we have that, that like love can work and all my siblings were all married and no one's divorced and that's yeah one divorce and yeah yeah so but do i think it's harder today i don't think so i think it seems really exciting a few years ago we were doing research on the dating apps for a, a script oh. <laughs> and, and i'm like I'll, i'm like i'll do the research it was so fun i made a profile all of a sudden i was getting all these dates i i didn't go on any of them okay i didn't go on any of them but i but i remember that they were like bing, 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 and i thought wow this is exciting i could meet all these different guys in all these different ways yeah so i think it seems really exciting because it's an added bonus like no one's saying you have to right. meet someone through the dating app you can still meet them in a more organic way, perhaps, you know, you just trip over them at a, I don't know, at a baseball game or something like that. But that you, have that other, you have that, that other option. And when we were first dating, there was something called the personal ads. And I were yeah. friends of mine that would put in ads and it would go out in the village voice like once a week and people would read it. Desperately seeking Susan. Yes. And so it still kind of existed. So I, I think it's probably just as easy. And in fact, now maybe it's easier because you can meet men or women or however, from like a hundred miles away, yeah. you're not just stuck with, you know, the small radius of where you women. live. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if that answered your question, but <laughs> I know. What do you no, think? It does. does, it, does I... it seem easier in the past or does it seem harder today? That's what I'm wondering from you. I, I wish I could go back in time. I right. really do. So before dating apps and social media existed. Yeah. And I imagine that's what a lot of people listening to this are thinking because dating apps exist. And yes, they provide this opportunity to, you know, meet so many people that you otherwise may not have crossed paths with. Or like, for example, my boyfriend and I, we know a lot of the same people. We grew up 15 minutes away from each other, but we didn't know each other. And yes. I'm sure we were in the same room at the same party at the same bar multiple times. But at the same time, like our journey to like get to finding each other was so difficult. And 
it's so hard. You know, you compare every single person to the next person. You could go on a date with somebody and say, oh, that was a great date. But, you know, I matched with this other person who I think is like 1% cuter or has like a higher paying or, you know, has this thing about them that I want on my, I have on my checklist. And it's like everybody's searching for this like picture perfect version of somebody that they have in their mind that they don't actually like is that person isn't even, you know, so it's mm-hmm. tough. And people ask me, I think the most common question I get asked is like, Oh, on a, how do we meet people in real life? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, um, us romance of the dead. You can't do that. I think one way is through like temple or church through it, through a religious organization. Or if you're not, um, or if you're there not groups, if you're not religious too. or right. Or mm-hmm. you could do it through volunteering. Let's say you go, work at Habitat for Humanity or something like that, the Bowery Mission. Um, Those would be two ways. I know. What would I I do today? Walking dog around New York City. Yeah. Dog park. I think I always offer my single friends my dog. I'm like, take him to the park. Like, go meet people. Seriously. Like, he's a great wingman. There there are a lot of nice people. You're right. Absolutely. Washington Square. We always meet nice people there. Yeah. 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 Dog park's great. Do you have any favorite meet cute stories from friends or family members or anyone that wow. you have in your life? It's so funny. I do. And now I'm trying to remember them. I mean, I know we do. And we always he hear them. You have some great proposals, but I don't know how they met. Who met you? There's a couple we set up. It looked like they were going to be together forever. And that didn't work. That didn't work after a week. And, and one of them owes me $45 because it's in the days of the 1-800-PSYCHIC helpline. And someone oh was during dinner went upstairs and called the psychic helpline. <laughs> oh, Seriously. People look, people look for any sign. Oh. Right? And is this, is this it? You got to let me know. If this ain't it, let it go. So Dewey Lewis and the band. I mean, I'll take a proposal story if that's front of mind instead. Well, I'm thinking about Chris and Kevin. They met cute at church camp. Oh my god! And they were oh, 13. Good. Yeah, we, we we put a whole bunch of meet cute stories yeah. in one of our movies. That's right, right, right. They and at camp. My own parents actually met cute. They were they lived. My mother lived out on a farm in rural Pennsylvania, and my dad lived in a small town. And they were both in the Allstate Orchestra. Right. And my dad was first violin and my mother was first oboe. And so they were both in that little inner circle and they just kept making eyes at each other. And like after one day, that was it. They fell in love. Um, and then they would see each other like every few months or something like that. But that's how they met cute in yeah. Allstate Orchestra. So um, that was great. And your parents met cute. Yeah, my dad yeah. was hanging outside a bar in St. Mark's Place where my mom lived and he kept Probably. He was climbing up her balcony. No, no, no. He, he liked her. He liked her. She kept ignoring him. And one day, I guess, because he had one too many drinks, he climbed up the fire escape, which was facing St. Mark's Place. And it's an old song. My dad wanted me to saloon segment called uh, I Climb Up on My Rope Like a Dope to Embrace You. And he sang oh that. God. He sang that. And the grandfather was, Go away. Go away. I'm not going away. <laughs> Wait, you mean they didn't meet on Tinder back then? No. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I she love that cute. story. She was 16, though. 
No, no. Again, my mother was 16 Remember we were talking well. about the other podcast with the other content? <laughs> yeah, you got okay. it there. Okay. Uh, you can subscribe to the other podcast and support it on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, my last question for you two, and this is my favorite question to ask and my favorite answer to hear. What is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever received? Always listen to Julia. No. Uh, when I'm... <laughs> I know because it's been so long since anyone's given us advice on dating. Uh, I'm going to say something and people aren't going to like this. Well, I don't that know. Makes me love it already. I know. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm kind of on the negative side. What is it? Oh, well, I, I, I guess I guess saying. I have to know be, when you're dating someone, be clear what you want from the relationship. And if, if you're just having fun and it's great, then, then just have fun, embrace right. it and, and make sure that the other person knows that you're just having fun. So yeah. be clear about that. And that's and, hard. I think it's very hard now because I, I like to say I observe people. I'm not a stalker. I don't walk around with hand doing that. When I walk with my dog, like I keep pointing this out to Juliet. Oh yeah. I see people at the end of you know, end of the day. Not that we go home at eight o'clock. We're out late. And we see people. <laughs> eight thirty. Dates are ending, and you can say you just can't help but see it right next to you at the stoplight. Like uh, he's going in for the hug, and she's already stepping back. And oh, and then it was oh, nice to meet you. And you know that was like first date social media. They're already whipping out no, but, their phones. Yeah. But they're doing what I'm saying is good though. They're being honest they're and being clear honest, about it. Yeah. So, but if like so, I dated a lot, and then by the time I met Keith, I realized he was the one. So, if you think you're dating someone that you would like to marry, if you're at that point, then I think you don't have to have the conversation yet. But I would say. Don't move in with them or don't move in with them unless you're engaged because right. that way you're both on the same page because if you move in and you're hoping to get engaged and you keep waiting and waiting and waiting, it may not happen. And then you've spent all this time, you've invested all this time in somebody. It's better to be up front. Right. So, and that's why I say you might not like what I'm saying because it sounds kind of old fashioned, but I, I think it works especially if you feel like it's what you want. And I'm not saying you yeah. can't live with somebody, but I'm saying like, if you're going to move in, at least maybe you don't have the big rock on your finger or whatever, um, or, or whatever it is, but at least you've had that conversation like, yep, we're going to get married. We'll do it in three years once we're through school, because not everyone has to be so stupid to get married in film school when they're graduate students. No. Right. But I think you want to have that conversation before you move in. No, was a lot, like, was, don't think, oh, right. we're going to find out if it's um, by moving in together. I don't really think you find out if you're compatible or not. It's not like, yeah, it's not going to tell you if it's, right. it's not a game marriage. show. She's sloppy. He's neat. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think a lot of people will get moving in together as like a test to see oh. if they can make it. And like, I, I think you should move in together with somebody because it feels like, it's something you both want to do. And it feels like that next logical step. Like it just makes sense to combine your lives in that way mm -hmm. as you progress to, you know, yes. getting engaged, getting married. But I know a lot of people are like, well, I feel like it's a test. Like we'll see if this works. And if it doesn't, then at least we figured it out now. It's like, maybe you're not ready to move in. If you're looking at it as a test, mm -hmm. maybe you yeah. should never move in and you should not be together if it's a test. Exactly. Because yeah. time is fleeting. I will say that. Like you, when you're in your twenties, you think you have all the time in the world, but, but you sort of don't. 
especially if you think you want to have kids. So that's the other whole thing. Right, that conversation. Yeah. If you don't want to have kids, then this all gets a lot easier. Right. Yeah. Um, the other night, the other night we were walking through the village and looked for a place to eat and stopped in front of the place where we had our first date. Oh, yeah. The Peculiar Pub. The peculiar Pub. Yeah. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. Wait, that's right on um, Lingard LaGuardia. Yeah, that's right, first right, that was the first so date. Yeah. It was a great first um, date. Went there, went to see a movie. What was it? Uh, Tinden. I remember Barry Levinson. Went to Peculiar Pub. There was kids, all that stuff. Second date was different. And I think this is, the first date is great. If you can do the second date, you're probably going to be halfway there. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, ask. Second date, we went to Boston. Boston. Because <laughs> he'd never been to Boston, and I couldn't believe he hadn't been to Boston. I was like, you live in New York, and you haven't been to Boston? He's born in Brooklyn. It's ridiculous. We don't, we don't, we so don't, we went to Boston. We don't stray off farm, okay? <laughs> uh, so we drove, I borrowed my dad's car, and we drove five hours. Yeah, and that was another, with, we were... The thing about us is we were always testing each other without even realizing. No, no, this was got you know? turned into a real big test. Uh, we got up there, we got to Boston five hours, so that was good. We were compatible. And we stayed with your friend, right? Who had just had a baby. How old was the baby? Oh yeah, she was oh, like she was God. so cute. Yeah. she was a couple months old. So suddenly now you're on your second date, and this one's holding a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and she has her car keys. So really. <laughs> And hopefully no speeding tickets. No speeding tickets. No, I, got, not, I got the car keys I back. I driving then. When we got married, I got the car keys back. <laughs> nice. There you go. Because the truth wow. is, we did live together for a year before we got married. But right. once we got married, it felt entirely different. It wasn't the same thing at all. Right. Yeah. It was, there was a sense of permanence and you just, you think about your life differently. I said, Lucy, I'm home. She threw me up. <laughs> that was like I love knowing that your first date was at Peculiar Pub. It my old office um, from a few years back, pre-COVID, was like a block away, so uh-huh. we would go there all the time after work. And yeah. like, it's so crazy now knowing that. And I remember, like, I went on maybe a fourth date with somebody at a random bar in the West Village that we like stumbled upon after dinner. And I later found out that my parents like went on a very early date oh, there wow. and would go there all the time. And it's just like, it's so crazy. Like in a place like New York, how much history there is yeah. and how many connections you have to these places that you don't even realize. Right. Oh, I love that. I yeah. love that they went there too. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Sorry. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for being here. Oh, I am so you. glad we great. made happen where can everybody find the book where can everybody hear about what you're working on next okay so the book is out now and probably the easiest place is to get it at either amazon or barnes and noble and then you can buy it online in a lot of places it's also in a lot of christmas summer yeah it's called the summer of christmas Mm -hmm. and it's um also in a lot of small bookstores around here Uh around new york city but it's everywhere yeah. it's also an audiobook so if you're someone who doesn't have time to read it's a great audiobook because we actually got to choose the actress mm-hmm. who reads all that the parts fun. she does an amazing job so, uh, so it's a lot of fun to listen to that's we get that book uh, and, and then we also have a website and that's probably the best way to find out about all of our things right. and what we're doing jk genial you can link it. Yeah, yeah it's Jake. Yeah, I will link all this in the show Julia notes. And Keith, Jake, and We have another book coming out next year. Yes. Which is also yes. around Christmas. Another rom com, which is really autobiographical. Oh, yeah, it's, it's kind of scary. Kind of fun to write. 
again yeah the other one the second book they actually went to NYU like oh and then moved oh, to LA thank you so much but thank you so much love love this podcast thank it's you pleasant. and the next book you write after that I look forward to seeing a character named Delana oh, oh yeah okay all right to everyone who tuned in thank you so much for listening I will talk to you guys soon don't forget to send this episode to a friend who would love to hear it share it on your story if you loved it leave a five-star rating interview and I will talk to you guys next time Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish-blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. That too, Scout. That too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!